This is the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord and the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, so Jesus again said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, We have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, There is no one who has given up house, or brothers or sisters, or mother or father, or children or lands, for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. In a book I'm reading on prayer, it talks about how using images in prayer sometimes helps us. And it says, use the scripture and put yourself into the scripture passage. So today we have the young man who goes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus runs through the commandments. And he says, I've done all of those things. So he says to him, one thing is lacking. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the young man's face drops and he wanders off. 
Now, most of us in this church would ha find it hard picturing ourselves a young man in this gospel. But that's what we're to do. Put ourselves into that scene. Now, when we say to Jesus, what must I do to gain eternal life? And he talks about the commandments. We may think of one or two that we haven't lived up to fully, but we're trying. But then when we say, but I've done most of that, and the Lord says, well, there's one thing lacking. What would he tell you is lacking in you? You know, when he says to the young man, give up your riches, our riches don't necessarily mean money or material things. Sometimes our riches are attitudes. And we can think of the usual ones. We're proud at times. We're selfish at times. We look down at people at times. We're judgmental of people. We can think of all kinds of attitudes that we would normally say, well, that's something I need to get rid of. But tonight I'd like you to think of a different kind of an attitude. The attitude that I'm not good enough. The attitude that I understand fully what God expects of me. That I know God. How many of you in this church think you're holy? Someone comes up and says to us, you're very holy. Well, you know, we cringe. We cringe. But you are holy. And we say, oh no, I'm not holy. I know what God thinks holiness is. And so we keep ourselves from being what we can be. I want to read a little uh, passage to you. I'm reading this article, and it's uh, written by a uh, Vincentian priest, um, and it's called Helpful Distinctions. And this is a heading. Distinctions are a tool for uniting. They enable us to view different aspects of reality within the context of the larger truth. They draw us toward the unifying source that grounds all reality. The unifying source that grounds all reality. Truth, being, and God. And he gives ten distinctions. I'd like to just read one to you. And this one is called holiness, sinlessness. Because that's what we think we need to be to be holy. Sinless. And this is the paragraph. St. Teresa of Avila once said that when she lived quietly in the cloister, she committed very few sins. But when she became an active founder and visitor of monasteries, she sinned much more frequently, but grew much more in charity. To put it paradoxically, some of the great saints have been notable sinners. The New Testament attests to this in its account about Peter. The list of saints whose failings are very evident is quite long. 
some including the Apostles, Augustine, Jerome, just to name a few. One might think erroneously that all of these underwent a striking conversion and then remained more or less sinless after the conversion. But that is not at all the case. The saints struggle with their sinfulness right up to the end. In fact, those who speak on the matter usually attest that they grow more and more aware of their sinfulness, even as they grow more conscious of the loving forgiveness of God. A person is not holy because he or she is sinless. People are holy because with utter confidence they allow God to forgive their sins, to take hold of of their lives, and to use them as he wills. So, you know, we're going through this path waiting to be holy. And we're waiting to be holy when we stop sinning. And guess what? When you close your eyes to this world, you'll still be a sinner. That does not mean you are not holy. Being holy means we recognize we depend on God. We recognize that we're sinners, and we turn to the Lord to give us the guidance and the grace to not allow us to become the evil we are capable of doing. So I say to people in confession often, don't be frustrated that you're struggling with this sin. Most people struggle with a particular sin or sins. We acknowledge our sinfulness and we go to the sacrament. And in that sacrament, we're not just saying to God, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do this again. Because you and I know most of the time we do do it again. What pleases God is that we go to him to say, I need your love and mercy. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. And when we recognize that, despite our sinfulness, we are holy. So stop waiting until you stop sinning to see yourself as holy. You know, it's all about affirming. We want to affirm each other. We want to affirm our children. Because when we feel good about ourselves, when we feel capable of something, then we usually attain that goal. So I'm saying to you, you are holy. And when you tell yourself that and realize that and depend more on God, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, you will attain the goal that you're looking for. And what we're all looking for is not the day we stop sinning. We're looking for eternal life. My brothers and sisters, our Holy Father has announced a year of mercy when we are going to concentrate on the mercy of God. And it will begin in December. Do you believe in God's mercy? 
Do you believe in his forgiveness? Do you try to understand how he looks at us and what he tries to draw out of us? Or do you put your own mindset onto God? When we allow God to direct us, when we try to see ourselves through the eyes of God, then we become what God is calling us to be. But when we decide we're not holy, we're not worthy, we don't make the par, then we give up, just like a child who tries and tries and tries and is never affirmed. The rich young man went away because, according to this story, he had lots of material possessions. We walk away sometimes in frustration because we're trying to be something that we're not. We're trying to be something that God's not calling us to be. He's calling us to be ourselves. Sinners dependent on him. Holy people.